0: Oh, yeah. What? Doing out there in Geek Five Nation. This is your host with the most on the show that we love to talk about, Nate Alves with Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you guys for listening uh, live on Blog Talk. Uh, we do this show uh, usually every Wednesday. No, no, damn it! I almost had this perfect, Chris, and I fucked it up. Ah, we do our shows uh, every Thursday at 7 p.m. and every Saturday at noon. Uh, with me is my awesome co-host, Christopher, brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing wonderful, but, you know, even if you got the date wrong, I don't think it matters because uh, sometimes we don't do the show during the week, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it you we could just say whatever day we wanted to, and I, I don't know if people would notice if they're just downloading this thing. What do you think?
0: No, I, I, I think you're right. Uh, basic, uh, we, I do know that we have a lot of uh, listeners uh, with all the other awesome platforms that we're on, so... You know, if, if you don't know this, we're also on Spotify, we're also on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes, pretty much any type of uh, sound listening downloadable thingy majigger, as I make myself sound like I'm 90 fucking years old. Either way, whenever you're listening to us, we appreciate it, and if you're a new listener, I gave you the times already, so uh, new listener, old listener, it doesn't really matter, we got a lot of wrestling to talk about, so let's get started on that. And uh, we have some news items to go over, Chris. Um, So we had some releases. Uh, Some of them were... uh, Well, I'll just say, like, none of them were uh, expected uh, because of the past with WWE. But some were requested and some were not. But Luke Harper, uh, Sin Cara, and also The Ascension, Connor and Victor, were all given their release from the WWE. Uh, They have a what is it, a uh, 90-day no-compete clause. So that seems like it will keep them out until March of 2020 from what uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Wrestling Observer says himself, Dave Metzlerk. So none of them would be able to do anything for a major company for those amount of days. Uh, The question being, you know, where do you see these guys going? Uh, With Connor and Victor, they did not request, obviously, to be released. But, I mean, I don't remember. I, I don't even know if they've been on main event lately. And, uh, you know, we do know, like I said, Harper and Sincar both had requested uh, their releases. So I'll just pass it to you. Um, how do you feel about this? I think that some people are very happy that Luke Harper gets to get out because I think that he still had until about the end of April, if not the next month. So it's it's basically he's getting out two months early, but either way, I'm, I'm happy to see Harper released. How do you feel about all this?
1: Yeah, so I, I'm very happy that Luke and Sin Cara were able to get their releases. It's just the 90-day no-compete clause and the fact that they already tacked time onto Luke Harper's contract. It seems like a wink and nod from the WWE. Like, hey, look, we're nice. Um, when realistically, because of the 90-day no-compete clause, they're pretty much getting out of their contracts at the time they would end. I don't know <laughs> if you noticed that. Uh, but uh, good for them. You know, whatever. They don't have to go on the road, and, and that's fun. they get to be home for Christmas. I think we talked about Luke uh, Harper quite a bit. Uh, I could see him doing really well in New Japan, or uh, if he wanted to do the AEW route, probably. I don't see why they wouldn't want a guy his size doing stuff there. Uh, with Victor and Connor, I I don't remember them asking for their releases. Once again, you haven't seen them on TV at all, and you don't really hear much from them. Um, I, I don't know where they land, maybe like Ring of Honor or Impact or something. I, they're just that tag team to me never really clicked on the main roster. I know Victor is a pretty good wrestler. Um, and when they were in NXT, they were pretty great. But outside of that, like, I, I don't ever think of the Ascension at all, except for there's that guy that sits sits next to green shirt guy that brings a sign that says push Ascension. And I think that's the last time I've talk, or thought about them at all. How about you, Dane? What, how do you feel about these things? Uh Cara, I think AAA and uh, probably more than likely.
0: Yeah, uh it it it's interesting. Uh, like like you said with Luke Harper especially it's like I think there's a month and a half difference he would have had to wait uh with beforehand from just being released. So, yeah, it, it could have been a lot earlier and uh it's not but either way, uh with him specifically, uh I think that you know, he's got a lot of uh, he's he's had a lot of comparisons and uh for good reason um to both Undertaker and Bruiser Brody. We do know that he's a huge Bruiser Brody fan. I think part of me wants to see him in New Japan. I think that he could do a really big impact there and climb the ranks uh, if he wants to. Uh, he would put, he'd be putting a lot more damage on his body. I think the, the uh, obvious choice would be for AEW, uh, just because he seems like someone that can make a big star. I just see it. It depends on where Harper – how much – how far he wants to get away from his family with going over to Japan, how much damage he wants to put on his body compared to a probably lighter schedule at AEW. Um, and what he wants to position himself as? If he goes to Japan, he can become a huge heel over there. If he stays over here in AEW, people are going to want to cheer for him. So they can kind of make him darker. But then again, they have a lot of those elements already in place at AEW. Uh, maybe he's actually the end of a storyline with all that. I have no idea. Uh, we all, re- all we obviously uh, already have Marty Skrull with that same type of question mark, with him. Um, so that's a very interesting thing and probably the biggest out of all of them. Sin Cara uh, go back to Mexico, whether it be AAA or CMLL. I don't know where he's he was more based. Uh, maybe get him in a uh, a program with uh, what is it Caristico, which is the first Mystical, who is the first Sin Cara, and also get the the new Mystico, and then they can just like fight each other. Um, I'm just kidding, but I mean, it's, it's, it's weird how that works out between all of them sharing masks and stuff. But, uh, you know, that's Lucha Libre. So I'm sure that he can do some stuff, and his, his stock is definitely raised to be able to go and become big stars in either of those uh, places because of the WWE. Uh, with the Ascension. I would send them to Impact or MLW. I think they can do a lot of uh, damage on either of those platforms. And like a lot of stars, maybe they can work for both of those companies. I know MLW, they just released information. I think Dave Metzler was reporting that they're meeting with a major streaming platform uh, next week. So that could be very good for Bauer and MLW. Ascension are somewhat known uh, because of WWE, obviously. They're not big, but they can be positioned that way. If I were anything, no offense to Connor, maybe Victor – if if that's the bigger one, I'm thinking of if, if Victor. Maybe steps up and does something himself. I think the guy, you know, was definitely the more charismatic out of the two. But uh, do you have any uh, more statements before we move on to some
1: uh, suspensions, Chris? I, not. I mean, the the only thing I would say is it, like with the Ascension specifically. Um, I, I, like you said, I think Victor is is probably the more talented of the two. And maybe this is a good time to take a break from the tag team between those two instead of just being kind of lumped together. I know Victor's original partner, I think, passed away, right, in the Ascension, uh, unfortunately, before they came up to the main roster. So it it may be a time for them to split. If you're bringing them in as a tag team, you know, AEW kind of makes some sense. My worry with, like, uh, Luke Harper in the Ascension is because of the kind of characters that they played, if they go to AEW or they just kind of throw them into one of those dark order or, yeah. or like one of those kind of roles. And I don't want to see that at all. Like I would much rather see Luke Harper go and and kind of be like uh, Albert from TNA when he was over there, kind of do his own thing and just be a dominant monster uh, from America, like almost like a Stan Hansen type character, as opposed to doing something with like dark order or being like a guy brought in, and the other thing I would say about Luke Harper is, like, you know, they just brought in Wardlow, and they already have some kind of bigger guys in those factions, like uh, Jake Hagar. Um, so I if if he does get signed by AEW, I just hope they utilize him correctly and kind of keep him away from some of that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, my, my big hope would be that he goes to New Japan. I think that they're – I don't want to say severely lacking, but lacking that type of character there. I think that he would be really really great as just a badass American big heel in New Japan.
0: No, I I completely agree with you. I just think that visually, I mean obviously like he he uh he got a uh, whatchamacallit, i you call it a uh, talked about this last time. He got trademarks for Brody Lee. I'm I'm assuming he's planning on going to that name. He definitely has a bruiser Brody type of complex. He definitely can interact and do some heavy matches over there. I just know that he's older in his career. Family's over here. He's got, you know, a child. Um, it just depends on what type of schedule. And like I said, if he wants to kind of interact as a face or a heel, I think that out of all of them, Luke Harper has the most potential to do the, the biggest things outside of WWE basically. But, uh, it's interesting. Um, Let's uh, move on to some suspensions, Chris. Uh, we had uh, two uh, superstars.
1: Before we move on, I I do think it is pretty cool that he opened up his direct messaging on Twitter just to talk to fans and hear what they think about him leaving, um, as well as talk to other companies. As soon as that release came out, he was like, my my DMs are wide open uh, for Luke Harper, which I thought was cool. So there's like a bunch of uh, posts online that you can see where he replied back to fans talking about like where they're congratulating him for finally getting out of his contract. So he seems super happy about this and maybe, you know, super happy he could end up being a big star somewhere else. I, I just wanted to point that out. Like if you guys didn't, if anyone didn't see that, but there's a, his Twitter feed is blowing up. So if you want to talk to Mr. Brody Lee, AKA Luke Harper, you can hit him on Twitter.
0: I want to see him in a match against Lance Archer in new Japan and have those guys just beat the living shit out of each other. Horses or Minoru Suzuki uh who i hope well we'll talk'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh wrestling King, wrestle kingdom uh, a little bit later so let's move on first to these two suspended superstars uh both violating their wellness policy over at WWE so they're out for a month uh one of them uh i didn't even realize was still uh involved in <laughs> WWE. that's uh been the uh, running choke uh but i mean it's Primo's been out – I believe Epico got released. Primo has been working at his father's company over in uh, you know, uh, Puerto Rico for a while now. I think he's their champion, if I'm, if, if I'm to believe that. So I just – I mean, I had no idea he was still part of the company until Ryan and reported this. It definitely sucks a lot more for uh, Robert Roode. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if he was the guy who was holding Roman Reigns down. I mean, to even be a part – of that storyline that sucks, he's still been a part of a major storyline and getting a push with Dolph Ziggler. Well, will this take him back a peg for a month. Uh, you know, it just – I don't know what they violated. It's unknown exactly which part of the policy they violated. Uh, well, what's, I guess, substance, if you will. Um, but, yeah, there's that. They're both out for a month. I didn't know one of them still existed in the WWE universe, quote-unquote. Chris, what would you think about this report?
1: I think I think I immediately messaged you. I was like, I don't know what's more surprising: WWE doing a suspension for <laughs> testing, or the fact that Primo is getting suspended because I honestly did not realize that he was still in WWE. Like I assumed that he had been released. Um, I don't know. We we don't know anything about this. We do know that there was a little bit of a setup, at least with Robert Roode. Um, or or what seemingly is a setup where he was injured. There was like an injury angle. um, And then, you know, this news dropped two weeks later. It could just be coincidental. Who knows? But they've done this in the past with people like Randy Orton um, who have called a suspension. So I I wonder what they tested for. I mean, it could be one of a billion things. It could be recreational. It could be, uh, you know, roids. It could be a bunch of things. I mean, Robert Root is like 45 and looks like he's like 30. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> um, I, I think I think the last big one that I remember as far as the suspension goes was Roman Reigns caught like a 90-day suspension two years ago, yep. I want to say. And he's the last one that I can remember that even got popped with this. So I, I don't know if they just test to punish people <laughs> to the point or what. Um, it is weird they even announced Primo. It's almost like they didn't want to just make – it just be Robert Rude to draw attention to it. So they just threw one random guy in there. He's probably, maybe he didn't even test positive or anything. They were just like, all right, well, whatever. He's not working here anyway. So that's well throw his name under the bus. Yeah. Uh,
0: very in, interesting and unfortunate um, a bit of news, but I think, I think that, I think both guys will be fine uh, from this. Uh, you know, with Robert Roode, it's not like, I don't know. I mean, like I was trying to give him a little bit of credit. He's been involved in a major storyline, but it's not the greatest storyline in the world. So I'm sure he'll be fine. And like I said, I didn't even realize Primo still worked with the company. So we're just going to have to go with uh, that information and just, uh, you know, uh, we'll see you in a month. We'll see you in a month. Have a vacation.
1: I uh, I would love to see, if Rude gets released from his contract to make a return to impact, honestly, I think that would be good fit for him. And then a chance for him to go into their hall of fame, maybe leading into, you know, a big pay-per-view or something. Uh, yeah. Just him and Dolph Ziggler as a tag team, like I don't give a shit about that. And he's a great wrestler. So I'd rather him go like Russell Brian cage or something. Um, Either impact
0: or NWA to go, you know, match up with all the people they got over there, especially his, uh, old partner, Mr. Tim Storm, which you're about to be talking about, NWA. But, yeah, definitely um, interesting. And I hate to say that I kind of hope that that might happen, but, you know, is I'm sure that he'll be able to make a lot of money and uh, be able to perform more and work on his art and craft somewhere else outside of fucking WWE, unless they put him back in NXT.
1: Yep.
0: All right, well, let's go over this uh, Into the Fire pay-per-view, which is tonight. I'm pretty sure that I'm going to be purchasing it. Just got my Christmas bonus, so I might uh, say screw it and get on the old fight app. Uh, but uh, this is the uh, build-up pay-per-view from the last season of NWA. Uh, it is crazy that if it wasn't for I forgot how I. Oh, it, I was I listened to Tim Storm's uh, interview with Chris Jericho on uh, his podcast this week. I forgot this pay-per-view even existed. Um, it just sucks that with all the with all the turmoil, uh, you know, involving NWA with, with the Jim Cornette stuff and uh, stuff previous before that, it seemed like their their fire, if you will, uh, kind of fizzled a bit. But either way, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I'm going to go over the set of matches, and we can kind of talk about the other matches, and then I want to specifically talk about the championship match with Nick Goldis and James Storm. But uh, for the matches, this is not determined as the order. just want to say that. I have no idea if it is or not. Thunder Rosa going against Tasha Steeles, uh the Rock and Roll Express, who are the uh, NWA World Tag Team Champions, uh, going against the Wild Cards. Uh, we have Colt Cabana, who is the NWA National Champion, going against Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks. We have uh, Eli Drake in a grudge match, a singles match with uh, Ken Anderson, a tag team match with Allison Kay and Ashley Vox versus Melina and Marty Bell. And the singles match I'm pretty sure was just added on here because of his popularity. The question mark going against Trevor Murdoch. And then obviously the championship match, like I said, with Nick Aldis and James Storm. Let's hold that one on pause, Chris. Just tell me, uh, you know, looking at these matches, stuff that you're excited about uh, to see with this pay-per-view tonight.
1: Um, well, I'm excited to be, uh, seeing the Rock and Roll Express. I'm assuming they're going to retain, because they just won the title. So I'm excited about that match. They're, the match on TV wasn't that good. or I, Well, TV, I use loosely, because I guess it was on YouTube. Um, I, I really like Thunder Rosa, and I'm assuming that she's probably going to win. I feel like that'll probably be a, a good match. And I like her character and what they're doing with her. Um, trying to remember all of the matches. It, I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to Nick Aldis and James Storm, and the question mark is super over. I'm assuming he's probably going to get a a win against Trevor Murdoch. I wonder how much Trevor Murdoch's stock has kind of dipped since Jim Cornette's not going to be there. Uh, He seemed Uh, like he was the guy that was really pushing Trevor specifically on commentary and stuff. So, I mean, Trevor Murdoch just looks like a dude. At this point, he doesn't <laughs> really do that well in the ring. He looks He's like a Murdoch. Like,
0: Let's just put it that way. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't... I would assume that they're going to have the question mark go over on Trevor Murdoch, but uh, I mean, nothing about this paper really is, like, must overwhelming for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think they did a great job of building matches. I mean, Cole Cabana is champion's fine, whatever, but there's there's nothing really that's like, oh, shit, I gotta see that, except for Nick Aldis and James Storm, which I think will probably be pretty good. I guess, I guess the bigger question is like, how do you separate your pay per view from your weekly TV show, specifically because of the way they shoot uh, their show, with that AD Spiel. Like, I, how do you do that live? How do you make that work the Different. same way? And yeah, so that that's the part that makes me want to see it is just what are you going to do on a live show to make this thing have the same aesthetic and feel as your youtube weekly show it has this very 80s nostalgia thing going um i don't know we'll probably see a canadian destroyer so <laughs> right, six, six, six of them six of them yeah i mean i i think there'll be some decent matches on it but i mean the last like three weeks of television have not really blown me away and i think i think you hit the nail on the head uh As far as – with the controversy of Jim Cornette, it's like Jim Cornette is actually more over than their company is, and it seems like a lot of the fans that were just Jim Cornette fans have tuned out if you look at their YouTube views and stuff, and I wonder what that's going to do to their $20 pay-per-view number knowing he's not going to be there. And I think we also get the introduction of – God, what is his name? Uh, Wade, Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. Yeah, so I think we we'll get him on commentary tonight, so that's I, – I at least I think, I'm assuming, because this is a live show. He just got hired, so I'm assuming that he'll be on commentary. I wonder what they do to introduce him, but outside of that, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I felt like that show started out really strong when Jeff Hornet got fired. Um, he, st- he was still there on commentary because it's a recorded show, which makes it a little bit weird. And then the matches they built to the pay-per-view are a lot of the same things we've already seen on the show, repeatedly. Let me ask
0: you one um, that I feel interesting before we talk about the championship match. Just because both of these guys have both you know, great mic skills. They're kind of a very mirror of each other. They kind of like set it up out of nowhere, but it is what it is. They've both been compared with their mic skills to both Austin and The Rock, which is obviously a huge compliment, but I actually like the pairing of Eli Drake positioned as a heel against Ken Anderson positioned as a babyface. face. Um, I hope they kind of continue this feud from some type of tomfoolery or whatever they have to do. Uh, but once again, the setup was I think a week beforehand, they just put them into it. They've been building some of these other ones, but particularly storyline wise, nothing's been as good as the championship picture, but other than championship picture, we'll, we'll talk about that next. Um, Are you interested in seeing Eli Drake and Ken Anderson in a program, possibly, and in this
1: match tonight? I'm more interested in seeing them in a program than seeing them in a match. (laughs) Like, I don't think the match will be that good, but their promos uh, – I think that's the unfortunate thing is it kind of did get tossed in right before the pay-per-view. So my level of excitement is kind of stifled a a bit by that. They're both great on the mic. Um, Ken Anderson's pretty decent in the ring, and Eli Drake's pretty decent in the ring. It's just, uh, I don't know that those two will be able to have a good match together. I could be completely wrong, but we'll see. They both work similar paces. Yeah. It's going to seem like a very, very WCW 1994 match, I think.
0: Yep, I could definitely see that, and you're right. The the strongest thing they have going for them is building a program uh, with promos, and they try to do it within one promo right before the match and just throw them in the ring together. So, very interesting uh, way of uh, of booking that with NWA. But uh, let's talk about this championship match. I'm looking forward to Nick Aldis uh, this whole uh, going against James Storm for the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. The the buildup of Nick and Camille, and what what did Camille say? to James Storm, whisper in his ear, how Nick caused James uh, – well, actually, Camille caused James to lose the title because of Nick Aldis. And this rivalry that they've been building pretty well even before the, uh, the show between the two guys. Um, we have Brian Hefner, who will be the referee for the first fall. This is two out of three fall. I, I forgot to say that. Um, and then Tim Storm will be the other one. The referee for the third fall, if necessary, will be determined on a coin flip between the two. Um, interesting match. I think the, this is going to be an awesome uh, old school NWA story driven match where both guys are beating the crap out of each other. There's probably going to be bleeding but I I really hope you know, I think Nick has had a great run and they can still use him obviously in the championship program but he's been the champion on and off for a very long time. If not maybe, you know uh, besides that Cody uh, stint for almost I would say over a year. So I would love to see the Cowboy James Storm win the NWA title and have that around his waist at the end of it. What do you think about this championship match? And do you think that we'll have more elements of the story involving Camille and these two gentlemen within this match tonight? Maybe even some involvement, Chris.
1: I I definitely think that she's going to end up getting involved in one way or the other. I guess the question would be if she turns on Nick Aldis, um, Nick Aldis has played kind of a great in-between heel baby face you know, with the whole Camille storyline so th- that's one of my favorite things they've done with NWAs is that <laughs> those promos leading in and, and the way that announcer handled it I can't think of his name right now in the interviews with uh, Nick Aldis and Camille and while he's like you, you she can say whatever she wants to say but you literally think he probably beats her <laughs> behind the scenes if she talks and then he goes out and helps like Colt Cabana or something, like directly after. So you kind of don't know. It's, it's a good shade of gray, I'll say that. I think the match itself will be really, really good. Um, it's weird they're doing a two or three falls match without maybe a couple matches beforehand, but whatever. I guess that's what they're going to. That's what they're going with. I like the idea of Tim Storm being involved because I, I don't. I mean, I know that him and Nick Aldis on the show, at least, have kind of squashed their beef, and it seems like Nick Aldis came out and helped them at one point. But you could also just get Tim Storm completely screwing over Nick Aldis, helping James Storm win, being the ref, because he can never fight for the championship again or whatever. So there's a lot of good, interesting things going into this match. Um, Maybe they're related. Yeah. I am uh, I'm looking forward to this match more than anything else on the card. Um, I would be completely fine if Nick Owens retains here, just because I, I. to me, it's almost like they need their title changes on YouTube as opposed to the pay-per-view, just to help build that brand a little bit, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to the match. I don't have like a hard prediction, I could see you going either way with it, but Nick Aldis, to me, is their best performer on the roster. Or maybe keep the title on him a little bit longer, I guess.
0: Yeah. We'll have to wait and see with that pay-per-view tonight with Into the Fire. But uh, good um, good things and bad things with the NWA that I think they will correct a lot of them going forward. And I'm looking forward to their next season, which I think has already been filmed. Either way, let's move on with our news. Uh, let's... Let's talk about um, you know we had we had a couple or or I should say the first round of wrestlers that are going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, for WrestleMania like they always do. Um, one of them, the the, the the thing about this, Chris, even though one of them, all of them are going to be double headliners now, double uh, winners. It, it's kind of hard to judge who they're going to be putting as the the the, the main. Um, Hall of Famer, if you will, the last person to go, uh, because we have Dave Batista, and we also have the NWO, which is going to be, obviously, Hall Nash, um, Hogan, and now uh, Sean Waltman, X Pac, if you will, is getting a second ring along with the other guys, uh, one for DX, and now one one for another group, which is kind of an interesting uh, way of going about it. Obviously, there's been a lot of uh, calamity within the wrestling community, um, and it's funny, Sean even uh, talked about it on his show. Uh, very, very humble, you know, understands a lot of the stuff. Actually kind of put over the fact that Eric Bischoff should be in this thing, um, kind of kind of alluding to before himself. But he was, if, he, if you guys didn't know, he was six. But he was a sixth member technically because before him was uh, the millionaire, uh, million-dollar man, Eddie Biase, who was a manager, but either way. And then the Giant, who would leave sh- pretty shortly after that, then come back about a year later to the nwo but either way they were definitely there uh i think the big show specifically is going to be inducted by himself uh he hasn't they have this weird thing with kurt angle it was kind of like the blurred line of you know we thought that if you're retired that means you can come in that's why triple h the rock um and the big show or even john cena who who we know is going to be in there they're still not eligible because they haven't really fully retired. All of them have expressed wanting to retire. Batista obviously retired last year. Kurt Angle wanted to do a couple matches leading up to WrestleMania that next year with him, but then he was done. So But,
1: but Kurt, it's interesting. Kurt's, in the Hall. Kurt, Kurt's in the Hall of Fame, though. I, I,
0: I know. I, what I was saying, though, he's one of the only wrestlers oh. to wrestle after the Hall of Fame induction uh, a couple oh, times. Gotcha. But he kind of times. Oh, God. I miss yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, so so uh, so you know there is that. Um, so now uh, so there is there is uh, some. Uh, well, how do you feel uh, about these guys getting inducted in the Hall of Fame, basically with the NWO and Kurt Angle, Chris?
1: Well, with the NWO specifically, I'm completely fine with it being those four. I mean, those are the click members. Those are the people that WWF fans would probably know out of the NWO. Um, I think more of the question here is like, who's the most memorable of the NWO. And and when I look at it, it's like, you know, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hogan, and then to me, probably Macho Man. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with Macho Man or Bischoff. Um, but Bischoff just got fired from that company. So (laughs) it would be really weird to fire a guy and then be like, Hey, but, uh, you know, I know we fired you and all and made you move across. The United States from Minnesota. <laughs> uh, that payday would have to be pretty damn high if I was Eric Bischoff after you just shit-canned me and didn't let me have any opinion on the show that I was supposed to be working on. Uh, <laughs> that That's the scenario that's weird. I think if they wouldn't have hired him, I think they probably would have put Bischoff in as well as part of the NWO. But the fact that he just worked there and just got fired, I think that's where they they backpedaled a bit. Um, and, and like you, uh, what you said with Paul White, Big Show, I think that he's going to get it on his own uh, for sure.
0: Yep. Uh, either way, uh, I think it's it two deserving things. For factions, obviously NWO is one of the most, I would say, it might not be one of the best uh, storyline driven because of what happened towards the end uh, with them, but probably one of the most important uh, impactful uh, factions within wrestling because of what they did for the industry with changing it up, uh, which would inspire basically the attitude era with WWE. So, um, and then obviously Dave Batista deserves it. I love that Dave's going to be in there. Um, never thought that he was the greatest wrestler inside the ring, but he was very efficient at his role and he was a big guy and he was powerful and, and he's an, he's turning into an awesome actor. So it's another guy that's, that's doing that whole Hollywood thing. So, I think much deserving. I'm going to be looking forward to seeing uh, other people uh, you know, stack up uh, to find out who else is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Anyone that you can think off your head, Chris, that you would like to see, maybe a tag team, female wrestler, that you you think that this should be their year. I don't know if there's going to be anyone bigger than Batista and NWO, so I don't expect Taker, like I said, Show, Rock, Triple H, or anything like that by themselves. Maybe I'm wrong, though.
1: I think Demolition should be in as a tag team. I think that would be a good one that you could do considering they yes. held the belts for like a you know, I like not that I'm the hugest Demolition fan, but they are big in the record books of WWE. They're pushed really heavily. they were basically their road warriors for a long period of time. Um, so that's one tag team I would like to see. I think there'll be a female wrestler and I don't I think that she's not in but Mickey James going in would be really cool. I don't know. How, they haven't put her in yet, right? I don't believe so. I don't, I don't think so either. I think that that would be a good one just because she was part of, you know, Tritt, like her and Trish, her and Lita. Um, they're going to need I know one she's class not the most, female to go in.
0: I know she's not the most graceful wrestler, but uh, what about Miss Keebler? It seems like everyone else besides her within her era are all in the Hall of Fame.
1: <sighs> yeah, but that's what... The, so here's my thing with the WWE Hall of Fame is like, would any of those people like make your Hall of Fame? I guess like your personal Hall of Fame. Like, would you put Stacey? I think Kiebler I think your... they go.
0: I think they go more for stars than performance. Like, who has been some of the biggest stars in wrestling? Like, I think that's more their thing than say the Observer or the
1: Lufez, uh What is a cauliflower ear club? Yeah, I think I have to keep Stacey Keebler out just because she had that terrible entrance uh to Kid Rock's cover of She's Got Legs so that alone would get her out of my personal (laughs) hall of fame (laughs) but as far as someone that I mean she was a huge part of it I think that she was better as a commissioner and uh actually to me the best stuff that she did was in WCW which is you know is Vicky a little funny a little funny to say but uh I could see that. I, I think you probably go – to me, you go with, like, Mickey James. I would love to see Demolition. I don't think they're necessarily going to get in. Um, we'll see. I, I don't know who else they're going to induct because they're starting to run out of people, especially when they start doing these groups. Like, to me, if you wanted yeah. one, you could have done one, two, three kid as Sean Waltman separately and then did NWO later on if you wanted to do that or inducted more people from NWO. I don't know. Maybe Great Muda <laughs> and Chono. Oh,
0: <laughs> is Great Muda not in the Hall of Fame by himself?
1: No, I mean I think the only New Japan or New Japan and All Japan wrestlers that are there are like Giant Baba and like one or two other people. Antonio Inoki I think is in there, but like
0: they seem like Asume, they Induce uh, uh, Fujinami. In
1: the, yeah, it seems like they induct them in the retrospective, never in the actual main class. And I think Muda would be a great one, and and. Jushin Liger's not there either and he's retiring so why would you not maybe maybe that's one I could see because he's worked with them before maybe we get Jushin Liger inducted yeah I think that that would be a
0: great induction I mean he contributed a lot to WCW which now is part of the lineage of the WWE as a whole uh and obviously that NXT match that he came back to have with Tyler Breeze was huge uh for them as of recently so I would love that but uh I guess uh, let's move on, and uh, we'll have to see for the next couple of weeks uh, who else will be inducted. But it'll be interesting to find out who gets in the WWE Hall of Fame this year. And hopefully, it's not anyone that will be like Hillbilly Jim, where it'll be a boring fucking induction for six hours.
1: It takes up most of the goddamn <laughs> thing. It was like six All hours, right. but half of half of his damn half of his damn induction speech was him just quoting shit that Jim Ross said during his induction speech. I think that was the worst part. he's like you guys remember when jr did his induction speech all right i'm going to talk about jr's induction speech for 20 minutes i'm (laughs) like dude can you wrap it up dude (laughs) like i felt like dave chappelle yo Uh, wrap it up b (laughs) so wrap it up b
0: oh lord (laughs) you better wrap that gavel up judge (laughs) all right uh, i guess let's talk about tlc um God, i got to stop going into WWE-related stuff uh, like uh, I'm about to get my hair pulled out of my fucking head. This actually – I will give it. I liked SmackDown last night. I do like a lot of the positions of the storylines with some of these matches. And the card on paper actually looks pretty good. Now, this is subject to change. I have no idea what the order of the matches are, obviously. But not only that, they might add three of them just tonight right before the fucking thing which kind of screws up us most of the time doing predictions in the first place, uh, you know, just because they change so often and get added. Uh, But let's, either way, we'll go over the matches. Um, We'll do them one by one, and we'll just give our predictions on who we think is going to be the winner. Uh, Viking Raiders uh, open challenge for the new, for the raw tag team championship. It's kind of hard to predict this one. I just realized that Um, I didn't even notice matches on here until I just read it just now. But um, once again, like I said, added on match, uh, Viking Raiders. I-, I can't even. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like think of who the fuck is over. Okay, this is an easy thing. Now that I think about it, AOP is going to answer the challenge. They're going to come out. They'll probably have a bruiser match, and then AOP is going to beat the Viking Raiders and take the tag team champions. To the new faction with Seth Rollins uh, is what I would assume. If not, if it's anyone else, I see Viking Raiders going over. Chris, what do you
1: think is going to happen with this match? With, with AOP specifically, is Kevin Owens booked on this card yet? Because I don't
0: – they didn't announce so, the match no. on
1: Monday. So you could do AOP and then Kevin Owens fucks them over. So I, yeah. I think that's probably a good call, but I would assume that Kevin Owens screws them over just because I don't think they want Viking Raiders taking a big loss on a pay-per-view right now because they're trying to build them. So you could have a big bruiser match and then stunner, stunner, Viking Raiders hit their finisher, win. That would be my guess of what they're going to do is, unless they announce that Kevin Owens is wrestling Seth Rollins later in the night, who has a broken pinky, by the way. So maybe not.
0: All right, so how do you like this idea instead? The people that open the challenge is actually current-day Animal, Legion (laughs) Doom with the whole outfit, and a hologram of Hawk. And he can just stand on the apron mostly and just kind of like say, what a rush, and they end up winning the titles over the Viking Raiders.
1: (laughs) I think that would be awesome. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, But I'm down for it. Hologram, damn Hawk, it, yeah. WWE! You have the
0: money. You have the money to do this. Yeah, uh, or, or Tupac, whatever hologram you want to use. Anyways, let's move it over. Make, it makes to me the worried team.
1: that they'll just put that. W- that makes me a little worried because what they would inevitably do is just put two random guys in Rogue Warriors outfits and then just do Hologram Hawk doing their. What's Titan Rock doing? Uh. <laughs> Good question. Is he teaming with uh is he is he teaming with uh, hey. <laughs> Glacier or <L-L-L-O-D-> somewhere? L <laughs> O uh, D
0: L O D three thousand is Gene Snitsky and fucking Heidenreich. they come out and they'll they'll be they'll have uh Paul Ellering's um Pinky Toe uh
1: as their manager. Um Yeah. I don't think Snitsky back. Uh, was wasn't the last angle he was used in was trying to like physically abuse a pregnant lady and murder her child.
0: I don't remember that, but probably, man. He was like psychosid if if you you sucked everything good about psycho Sid out of him and just still have a fucking dude <laughs> chilling there. Um let's let's move on to the table match that none of us want, Chris, between Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Um I like that Rusev to me, that fucking shit on Raw was terrible. And Lana was so goddamn annoying. And let me just say that uh, I don't want to get involved in this whole entire thing, but saying the word Chica, I don't think is that big of a fucking deal. I could be wrong, but even if it translates to Chick, this is about the comment that she made to CM Punk call him sexist, uh, because he said Chica. Um, Even if it translates to Chick, I thought Chick was like the the female equivalent to Dude. I, I really thought it was just overblown. Of course, she goes on Twitter makes a big deal. Lana, you specifically are taking back female fucking wrestling about 15 years. So maybe put that in perspective about things, okay, since you want to be like the new New age sable. Anyways, outside of my little gainer rate on that, I will say that Rusev, um, I love that he's having fun with this. He's showing up with fucking Donald or, or Dappy Duck or whatever the hell Donald Duck uh, shirts and shit. He looks like he's having a good time. I, I, I think that he's saying fuck it. I'm, it's very surprising to know that he has still not – Um, signed off for another contract unlike Lana, his wife but um, this is going to be a whatever match. I hope Rusev wins since it's going to be over uh, partially but probably not because Vince gets his
1: rocks off to this shit.
0: Uh, Yeah, Rusev wins. Chris, what do you think?
1: So, being that Paul Heyman kind of booked this angle, do you think that maybe both these guys get fucked over by another guy that becomes Lana's new boyfriend? Could you see that happening? Sure, why not? Oh god. Okay. Maybe Raven. <laughs> yeah, it's Raven. It's right. It's gotta be Raven. No, all, all jokes aside, I could I could see them doing something like that where Lana has another guy. Um, I think Rusev wins, and then maybe they split them up like off brands. What What, what is the I know they're doing this match. Is it just that they're doing this match or are they doing like loser leaves town kind of thing? I know that like Alvarez was talking they should do loser leaves town and I I watched this I watched the angle for it but I don't remember if there was any kind of other stipulation. I have no
0: idea. I'm just I'm just like please get this fucking thing broken up so we don't have to ever deal with it ever again. And give Rusev, a, at least Rusev is getting over with this because he always gets shit over. But for some fucking reason, you know, I think he, I think, I think Rusev has the potential in, in the good ways, I should say, not, not some of the negative. But it be this generation's Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, because he's got so much charisma. He's a big dude, he's brawly, but he's still extremely agile. I just don't see what the fuck they don't do with them. Instead, they're putting them in a Jerry Springer angle with Bobby Lashley, who is the, the, sucks the life out of fucking charisma, basically. Just a, a charisma vacuum. <laughs> and then Lana fucking
1: shrieking at the top of her lungs. I hate this. Sorry. <laughs> I hate it as well. I, I didn't hear about the Lana stuff. <laughs> she really got mad because CM Punk said Chica? Chica. That's that's extremely sexist, apparently. So, okay. So, is it what if you were if I was a real life Russian, I would be super pissed at her on Twitter. Then, (laughs) like, (laughs) wasn't her entire gimmick that she's an American playing a Russian (laughs) very offensively? (laughs) Only when she says Rusev now, apparently. Oh yeah, that's that's the other that's the other thing. Uh, yeah, this storyline has sucked. Hopefully this is the end of it, but for some reason I feel like this is not the end of it. Um, I like Rusev a lot. He does try – you know, he does do his best with whatever horseshit they give him to do. It's very unfortunate because uh, he's really, really great. My favorite Rusev moment while we're on the topic of Rusev, by the way, is when Roman Reigns was going to win the Royal Rumble. And Rusev was the last person in there, and people started chanting for Rusev, even though he was, like, a super heel. <laughs> the <time. laughs> <laughs> and then The Rock came out, and then they booed The Rock and Roman Reigns and chanted for Rusev. It's the best. It's, like, my favorite Rusev moment, for sure.
0: Listen to listen like, dream-shattering, career-ending concept scenario this is. Hey, Rusev, we're going to put you with Aiden English. And he's gonna do an operatic entrance for you and you're gonna be a heel still. And somehow he flipped that motherfucker over and sold shirts like a just ridiculous and turned himself into one of the big, big, biggest baby faces they had then and then they screwed that all up. And yeah. now and you know what? He's somehow we
1: don't,
0: I, I I just we don't have get to it. put
1: over eight we gotta put over Aiden English in that because he's the one that yep. did through day Like he was great on commentary the other night, uh, after Saudi Arabia, where they had no commentator yep. for the first match, and then they replaced him, and I was like, why the hell did you replace him? He's actually better than the guy you replaced him with, but uh, they should do more with Aiden English, dude. He, he helped get that shit over, too. Like, uh, but yeah, the reset day thing. Was they huge, need to come back together. really funny. <laughs> yeah, put him back together as a tag team. It's
0: Like, what the fuck's the point not to? Just let him be his manager if you're not going to do anything with Aiden besides have him on 205 Live every other other week. You know, uh, doing commentary, just fucking put him with them as a package again. Rusev days popular, people like it, and get him the fuck away from Lana because obviously now, even in storyline, I don't want to see them together. It just
1: uh, fuck it. And he might not have to worry spent- about it for, for yep. that much longer. He could he could just go to AEW. That would give him more time to go to Washington Capitals games <laughs> with his season ticket if he's only wrestling once a week. <laughs> oh, I, love that. Oh, I love that. All right, we, we've it's given bad. enough
0: time to this fucking disaster. Let's go into something that I mean. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. The TLC match for the women's tag team championship. Well, I do, I do know that I'm gonna be pissed if Charlotte and Becky win, but it's, it's the Kabuki Warriors going against Charlotte and Becky. Uh, Kabuki Warriors have, even though they got the better of them, almost. You know, had a potential to lose against both these fucking ladies uh, in 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 handicapped tag matches. Either way, whatever. I I don't know why Becky and Charlotte are tagging together once again. And if they get those tag team belts, I'm just gonna be rolling my fucking eyes the whole entire time. But but as a TLC match, this could be a fucking awesome match. So there is that. I think we will see an elbow off the top of a ladder at some point. Uh, I would assume. Um, but, yeah, I definitely see the Kabuki Warriors going over, especially since they're heels, and they kind of always go back to heel tactics, even though it makes absolutely no sense for Gary Sane. Whatever. Chris, what do you think about this match?
1: I, I agree with you. I think that Charlotte ends up somehow costing Becky the match, maybe a heel turn again. Um, but I could definitely see, like, a green mist spot into an insane elbow isn't that what she's calling it? The insane elbow or something? But anyways, yeah, that elbow drop's happening. She hit that thing perfect uh, the perfect. other night through the table, by the way. It was absolutely incredible. I love Carrie Zane and Oscar. I hope they go over here. Um, I mean, the setup is obviously Asuka versus Becky down the road. It's just they went like such a weird fucking way to get there. <laughs> um, and if they – the other thing I could see happening, just because they love saying Becky two belts, is that they actually win. Then you have dissension between the tag team, between her and Charlotte, and then that just builds to the next pay-per-view with that match instead. But hopefully – See, I'm worried I'm that's going to happen, basically.
0: <laughs> hopefully, uh,
1: I'm wrong. Charlotte screws her over. Um, they do that for with Charlotte, and then challenges her for the title later down the road.
0: If your scenario, which is it's very it, – it, it could definitely happen. I would hope that it doesn't. If that happens, I know that uh, apparently, you know, with Shayna going against Rhea Ripley next week for the title, and we'll kind of get into that uh, later. And what they're saying is that Vince wants to pull Shayna very soon. Trade Shayna for Asuka and another female of, you know, whoever you want for Carrie Sane and put them back in NXT, for Christ's sakes. Because – I just or at least Oscar for Shana, I think that that's an even trade because I just don't if they fucking lose these tax titles, what do they have, and what have they finally reduced Oscar and Carrie sane by default
1: to? You know what I'm saying? yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent i I don't know here's the problem. there doesn't need to be women's tax titles in general no there's it's one not big enough team. division, like who are they wrestling? It's like having the million dollar title. <laughs> oh, God. It doesn't fucking mean anything because there's no other female tag – like, where's the icon? Chris, Chris <laughs> what's more um, impactful title-wise between a
0: 24-7 title and the women's tag team?
1: I mean the 24-7 title because there's a bunch of nerds trying to do that thing. <laughs> yeah, yep. a little more entertaining. It's not that Asuka and Carrie Zane are not doing a good job with what they're giving them. You know what I mean? I'm like I feel like they're doing a good job working this. They animal. don't have it's a tag division. Like, there's no other tag teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like who the hell are they going to be wrestling if they win this match? Who are they wrestling? That I mean, I, I think agree. that's the biggest problem. Is like if they win, who the hell do they fight? They just own the tag team belts. They're going to beat New Day's record because there's no other tag teams. <laughs> like,
0: uh, uh, my head hurts. They,
1: I know I've been burying the the women's tag division for a long time, and I will say it's not because I have anything against female wrestling. In fact, it's some of my favorite shit. I love Stardom, (laughs) but this is fucking. You gotta make tag teams if you're gonna do this. You have to have other tag teams. You can't just have one. And if you don't,
0: you don't put random tag teams that you have because obviously they might not be the best suited in ring wise. Like. You know, no offense, with the Iconics or against uh, Fire and Desire. If you don't think they're strong enough as a tag team to be able to go against champions, but that's your only tag team, and then you have to go and force tag teams together. Because also, you don't put them in NXT where they could go for a tag team because they're allowed to cross brands because of the tag team belts go go apparently between all three brands. If you're not going to actually use, there's actual tag teams in NXT. There's none it seems besides ones that aren't efficient enough to go against people like Oscar and Terry Zane or Becky and Charlotte, so what the fuck's the point?
1: Yep. I agree with you hundred percent. I just just don't just don't have tag belts. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I yeah. This goes back to They're the props. United. They had female they had a female tag division as well and it it's the same problem. There's just not there's not enough time to build it properly. And you already have a bazillion fucking titles. It's it's just bad. I mean, it's not Asuka and Carrie's fault or Becky or Charlotte's fault. It's just like like I said, it doesn't it doesn't matter who wins here because there's no other fucking tag teams. So the only thing is to build a yeah. singles match out of a tag match. Yeah, and I think that you know what
0: they're trying to do is elevate titles even more by having Becky and Charlotte involved, but I think they're elevating it way more than the actual tag teams they have outside of uh, the Kabuki Warriors. So they're always going to have problems. I want to get to the next match, Chris, because I think for having – this probably I think will be the strongest match and might be the best match of the night between Alistair Black getting uh, his door answered by Mr. Buddy Murphy Like I said, I hope this ends up being – yeah, good wording for that. I I think – I hope this becomes a series of matches between the two. But Aleister Black needs to win this match. I think that these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. I think we're going to see a million knees to the face, which is uh, very normal for both guys. But I think they potentially have – they potentially, uh, I think, will have the chemistry that I think that Kenny and uh, Pac are forming over – on AEW just because they're great in ring, efficient wrestlers and both hard hitting as shit. Who do you think is gonna win this, Chris? Between Alistair and Buddy. I, I
1: believe Alistair kinda needs a win over Buddy this time. Well, they I continue. feel like Alistair's I feel like alister's gonna win. I hate the build up to this match. I'm done with the door thing. It's not working for me. <laughs> Fucking I'm so done stupid. with them hiding in the closet. <laughs> and then getting upset when someone finally does knock on the door. <laughs> like what the fuck is <laughs> Um, I, someone pointed out to me the other day that Buddy's been doing a lot of Kenny Omega recently with all the v traders and, and high knees, so I, I, that's going to be interesting to watch this now with that frame of mind. Uh, I like Buddy Murphy probably more than Alistair Black, but I feel like Alistair Black is going to win. Uh, And that's not Alistair Black's fault. I'm just – I feel like they're going to continue this thing with him sitting in a dark room. Uh, The dissension between Andrade and Zelina made me think that maybe after this Lana-Bobby Lashley thing is done, they're going to do something with Zelina and Alistair. Oh, God. And and that could be awesome because I feel like (laughs) – I mean, he's a decent promo. We just got to get him out of a dark room, so maybe him and Zelina together would help with that. Uh, I think this is going to be easily, probably, if not the best, one of the best matches uh, of the entire night. They're both good workers. My worry is they're going to, instead of just having them have a good match, they're going to give them like two minutes and have Buddy Murphy die, uh, which will suck, because I yeah. would love to see like a good, at least 10-minute match between those two, because Buddy Murphy is... uh what did I used to call him Mr. Pre Because he, <laughs> he was Yeah. Like the Shawn Michaels WWE's of the pre show there for a while. Secret.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with I man. mean and... if
1: anyone should go to NXT, dude, Buddy Murphy would <laughs> Buddy Murphy would be great down there. <laughs> oh
0: no shit. I would love to see Alistair also back. Just because they have fizzled him off so much and I was worried about this. Since he came up, like, Alistair honestly was, you know, uh, very quickly becoming one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, what, a year ago? Maybe a year and a half ago when he was in NXT, and my God, they've just, it's its amazing. And, you know, I mean, I got to put blame where, where blame is due. This might be Vince, but I know a lot has been heavily involved with Paul Heyman, and this is not working with the fucking room shit, and this needs to end. And I'm hoping, like you said, this is not just Alistair getting a quick win against Buddy Murphy. Build off this. If these are two guys that apparently Paul sees so much potential in, let them have an awesome fucking match. Um, th- these guys could wake the crowd back up if you have, after a lull period, if you have, like, one of the bigger matches. These guys could get everyone back into it. And, uh, yeah, just uh,
1: stop the room shit. Yeah. Just that's they, Man, they need, they need Alistair. They need Alistair to get a strong win, but I just I don't want to squash. I think I the either. idea is like Alistair versus Braun or Alistair versus Brock. You know, a, a build up to that. Um, I I just always assume that Brock would answer that or knock on the door. I feel like they kind of busted their nut too early on this with the with yep. the door thing.
0: Fucking break the doors down. Anyways, I know it's walls. By the way, everyone. Just if you're also
1: in in, the last weird thing about this is I like that Alistair Black is able to just book his own fucking matches. <laughs> There's no general manager. There's no one that's like, no, Alistair, you have to wrestle tonight. <laughs> you can't just sit and no. It. I don't because <laughs> I have to fight.
0: All right, Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. We have the New Day, who are the champs, going against the Revival. This is going to be a good match, but I've seen it 100 fucking million times. I don't want to see the New Day lose the titles because I just don't think it will be worth it. I feel like what could potentially happen is the New Day wins or or something, or this is where they throw the Usos back into it, and the Usos come out because then we have seen all those matches 5,653 fucking million times. It's not that I don't love good matches. It's if you have the same pairing over and over and over again, it just kills it for me. So I don't know how they're going to go about this. I'm sure it's going to be an awesome match. Um, but I hope that Kofi and Big E retain their belts. Uh, Chris, what do you think?
1: I think the revival actually picks up a win here. Um, and then they continue down the road of those two feuding. I agree with you hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's the thing we always say about the WWE tag division. It's an afterthought for for the most part. I mean, it, the Usos versus New Day was great, but they did that into the ground. Maybe the Usos come back and they feud with the Revival. But it's like there's always only three tag teams that mean anything, which is hilarious because like if you think about two thousands WWF, uh, it was the same way, but those tag di- the tag teams were like all legendary. Like, the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian, um, Road dog and Billy Gunn. Like, they had those four, and they kind of just built around that. Um, and it's like they've used that same method for forever. And they had one division, too, which I think helped them for the most part. Yeah, and not, you know, what are we at, five Three. hours of you know, main roster a week between shows. So,
0: God, what? Um, that's the thing. Isn't isn't it weird, Chris? Like, if we think about it, the female tag division itself, especially if it's supposed to be cross-brands, it doesn't work out because they don't have enough, uh, you know, tag teams developed even between the three brands. But if you were to make one universal tag team champion thing that do the same thing that the women's thing are with all the great tag teams they have for each brand and have so much rotating between them, I think it would be a hell of a lot better. You could still have certain tag teams on each show, but a traveling tag championship that goes between all of them and creates different storylines and just trying to fucking do the same exact ones over and over again. This is just like, what, a year ago when it was Usos, New Day, Hardys, the bar. That's it. And now it's the same fucking thing, but you put in the revival, take out the Hardys, and you put in the – I can't think of another tag team. You know what I'm saying, though? I guess the Viking Raiders would be a good example over um, whoever. But I just – yeah, I don't think it's working like this.
1: I mean, you know, New Japan is guilty of this too. When the Young Bucks were there, it was just like Gorilla Destiny yeah. versus the Young Bucks every fucking week, or L.I.J. versus or not Young Evil.
0: Bucks. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's, I, it's kind just, of still like that I, for
0: the most part.
1: Yeah, and at least with AEW, it seems like with their tag division, they have like five or six really strong tag teams that they can move either way, which I appreciate. I actually like what they've done with their tag division. The only thing I don't like is the fact they don't tag in and out. I'm like the Jim Ross of this podcast.
0: (laughs) No, I agree (laughs) with you. I think when when it comes down to NXT and and, and AEW, I think NXT, the way that they position their matches and work on the actual matches themselves, like how they have them in and out, making sure they have – I think they do that more efficiently, but I think that AEW has a way stronger tag division than anyone else, you know, it's just,
1: it's crazy how that works. Yeah, but, uh, I I don't know, I, it's just crazy for me to think about how strong Kofi was until that Brock match, and now just back in a random tag match with a revival who probably should leave WWE, honestly. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I... (laughs) they don't want to be there they don't like being there and they're never going to be pushed as top stars because they're little dudes and Vince hates little dudes and they're not funny enough to be
0: yeah, they, a new day it would be so efficient in NWA and I know that obviously a lot of people would clamor for them to go to AW because Bucks versus Revival but I think if you put them on NWA that those are some stars that will help out over there like I, I think they could use so I agree with you um Get I this, think uh, New Japan.
1: Did you imagine them in New Japan?
0: Oh yeah, that would be fucking awesome.
1: No, they like a little be, big yeah club. They would be fucking having amazing matches over there. there. There's so much good shit that they could do. They could do the same thing that Chris Jericho did. Sign a contract, work New Japan in AEW, and then be they would be God. fucking great. Like. And then get managed I, by
0: Tully or something like that. Get him away from fucking Sean Spears because that's boring. Oh man. yeah, I mean
1: they could get managed by
0: Arn Entley. <laughs> oh god, stop fucking with me. All right. Let's get to this uh <laughs> universal championship match. Uh we have the fiend, Bray Wyatt, going against the men. I will say, man, I-, I like some of the stuff they did last night. I know it's cheesy horror. It kinda was like um what what are those movies that some of them are great, some of them are terrible.
1: Um Dino uh, Evil with Kane.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, paranormal activity. They try to pull some of that shit on it. And I think that they did actually um, a pretty good job. They, they've made this pretty creepy. It's just Bray's got to fucking destroy The Miz. And I don't see where they're going with this. Even though it's going to be, you know, Firefly Funhouse Bray and not The Fiend. Do they, like, w- what can they do? Have someone dress up? Like, The Fiend and come out and just destroy The Miz or some shit. Like, I don't, I don't understand where they're going with this. But the setup for it, I don't think has been uh, too bad. I think that Bray's been pretty creepy within this. I just, like I said, I have no idea why he threw The Miz into it. What, what, what do you think's so going to happen? Who do you
1: think's going to win? So, I think the big thing here is this non-title match. And they've said non-title match a bunch. So, maybe yeah. The Miz win against... Mr. Roger Bray. <laughs> and then he yeah, has to fight The Fiend. Stupid. So congratulations, you beat <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Now you have to fight The Fiend. And then he just gets murdered. Uh, that's my guess of what's happening. Just just because they keep specifying it's a non-title match, it seems like that Miz might get a weird win, and that'll piss The Fiend off, and then he gets murdered from there. I just, I don't know. I They've not done anything to make you really want to see Miz in a title match recently. So, I I, don't... I I think that everything's been fine. Like, their promos and stuff's been fine. It's just like, they've done dick all with the Miz for a long time. (laughs) So, it's just hard to... Like, I also don't buy into the Fiend going to kill Miz's kids. (laughs) Which I think is what they're trying to tell me is happening. (laughs) Yep. I mean they're on a reality TV show Like am I going to tune in to Ms. and Mrs (laughs) The Fiends just like Taking a shit in their coffee (laughs) pot or something Like Fuck Oh god Uh, I can suspend disbelief but some of this is like But he's on a reality TV show (laughs) You know what I mean Like it's just Some of this shit is just too far (laughs) Too far out there
0: yeah, I agree with you, man. I don't know. It's going to be interesting also to find out what this this version of Bray Wyatt, um, how he goes about his matches, and if they're going to try to pull any tomfoolery by trying to, like, double him. Like, I know a lot of people would cringe at the concept of trying to do, like, a double Undertaker or some shit like that, but I could see them fucking doing that. Maybe even, like, putting putting Abyss. He he comes in to be, like, a, you know, a, uh, whatchamacallit, um, just do his normal thing as an agent and Vince like, We're gonna put you in the fiend costume and have you come out there and just beat
1: the shit. Just just destroy the Miz with Bray Wyatt. I mean that'll just, like that, I, I mean that'll just piss people off because Abyss is a way better wrestler than Bray Wyatt. They'll be like, Why isn't that fiend yeah. wrestling? <laughs> Why isn't that version wrestling?
0: And then they can have then they can have that version of the fiend uh, you know, uh, managed by uh, weirdo uh, Bray Wyatt, you know, maybe they'll do that. I don't think so. Well hey, let's talk about dog food. In the TLC match of the night, the only actual TLC of the match tonight, uh, officially, we're having Roman Reigns go against King Corbin. I have not liked the storyline at all. I have thought it was terrible. Um, I will say that, you know, when it comes down to Roman Reigns, I like the reaction he got last night. You know, everyone wanted him, including me, to come out there and beat the living shit out of King Corbin. So I guess they got me in that whole perspective. But other than that, I could care less, uh, but Roman Reigns needs to win this. He'll probably end up getting fucked over by Corbin, and everyone will hate it even more so than the actual match and uh, you know um, build up itself. Chris, what do you think?
1: Dane, Dane, you're a mark. Didn't you hear what Corbin said? This is old. This is the way you get old school heat. <laughs> Fuck. God damn it. This is gonna suck. God damn it. One. They have no chemistry together. We've seen the wrestle before. Um, I don't care how many gimmicks you throw at this match. It's going to be a bad match. Hopefully Roman gets a win. It ends this, and we don't have to hear about him versus Corbin. But I highly doubt that's going to be a thing. So I feel like this will probably continue. Maybe Corbin somehow, like you said, by hook or crook, gets a win. It sucks. I'm tired of, like, it's the big dog is a nickname. He doesn't actually think he is a dog, Corbin. Um, it makes him seem retarded as a heel, or not very smart, I should say. Excuse my language there. But I, I, don't, I don't fucking get what they're going for, dude. I don't get it.
0: I don't either. I don't get it. I do not understand it. And, um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's, that's the thing. Uh, two matches I could see being added, uh, possibly, or actually three. Something involving Shinsuke for the Intercontinental title. Um, could be added to it. Obviously, the U.S. title, we've been having AJ and Rey Mysterio go back and forth. Maybe actually give them 20 fucking minutes to put on the main thing pre match for the U.S. title would be awesome. And uh, also, um, you know, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. So who knows? We'll have to wait and find out. I know that, like you said, Chris, uh, Seth has a pinky injury. He broke his pinky <laughs> finger. So uh, how maybe he, if he gets over how is that are
1: not using this? How is he not using that as a heel way not to wrestle? I, have I hope a he eventually severe does. <laughs> he should. Um, I have a very severe injury. I can't wrestle. Kevin, you're going to have to what fight What do you want from me? you I can't, can't hold...
0: What do you want from me? I have a pinky I'm out injury. Here
1: with a, I'm out here with a broken pinky.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right, so now that we're done talking about that, let's talk about a wrestling event that I'm very much looking forward to uh, with Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, start going Yay. over these matches, man. Uh, so we have uh, – I'm just going to go over both uh, cards um, from start to finish. Once again, uh, I have no idea if this is the final card or if
1: this is the lineup of the uh, said matches. We have
0: uh,
1: uh, so, two nights so this, this, for Wrestle This will be the final card. Just heads up, uh, they're they're doing the tag tournament right now, so that card is pretty much confirmed for Wrestle Kingdom. I don't think there'll be any changes to it. There's not going to be any big. The only one I'm uh, wondering tour.
0: Maybe maybe they do this whatever their their event is that they have after Wrestle Kingdom. It's just really weird that you know John Moxley also besides Lance Archer assaulted Minoru Suzuki. That's a match that everyone's been clamoring for. And they're not putting that on either night. You know, it seems kind of weird that they could have used that uh, as a match potentially on the second night after he wins the U.S. title or if he does win because of Lance Archer. Or maybe were to lose that because of Minoru Suzuki. So that's the only thing
1: I I could see them adding. They could just be building them to be in the same block at G1. That That would be my guess. They just put them both yeah. at the G1, especially because Suzuki didn't, wasn't in G1 this year. And that was kind of like his whole gimmick was killing people that were in G1. So I'm assuming that's where they're going with that one. Well,
0: either way, let's go over January 4th's um, matches. Uh, we have the first one of Jushin Thunder Liger retirement match, which will be uh, – l- I mean, listen to these these names I'm about to say. Tiger Mask tagging with the great um, uh, Suzuki. Uh, Tatsuji Fujinami um, And obviously Jushin Thunder Liger With El Samurai in the corner Going against uh, Ryusak uh, Taguchi uh, Tachito uh, Oh god Takeawa, uh Sanjiro Otanami, And uh, Naoki Sano With um, Kobayashi uh, In the corner Of theirs That's a pretty big lineup. All these guys are extremely old, but either way, I love the fact that all of them are, and it's a great Sasuke. I think I I pronounced that wrong uh, before. Apologize. Trying my best over here, especially Fujinami, man. He is so old at this point, but it'll still be great to see them all interact. (laughs) We're getting another uh, retirement match to the next night. So this is not his last match technically, but it'll be, it'll be fun to see all these guys interact in the ring together. And uh, Taguchi Teguchi somehow made it in there. Anyways, uh Chris, what do you think about this retirement match? The
1: first of two. Yeah, so we're getting so we're getting two, so I think he's getting a win on the first night, right? Um it should be a good match. I Man, so hard with these over exaggerated tag matches and A or, <laughs> or New Japan. Like um, it'll be a good match. I, I don't other than that, I don't have a, a ton of thought on this one. If this is one I probably would skip. I'll probably skip through maybe. I don't know. I'm I mean, dude,
0: isn't isn't Tatsuji Fujinami like as old as Ric Flair? He fucking went against him for the NWA <laughs> title in the 80s. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be a dick, but like uh, it, that's like – that's just ridiculous. Well, I, is, is, is Tiger I, is mask it, the first Tiger mask too? Like, is this the first one?
1: Yeah. You know, what's funny though, they'll still have a better match than like some people on the main roster because they're going to give them time to work. Yeah, that's true. That's damn true. <laughs> um, all right,
0: here's another match that I think that, uh, it, it has a lot of potential and that's, uh, Los Cinco Urbanales de Capone, uh, Bushi, Shiko Takagi, Evil, and Sonata going against Suzuki Gun, El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tai Chi. God, I can't stand Tai Chi. Um, you know, this is a big yeah. rivalry between the two groups. Um, I think that LIJ L- is going to win it. Uh, and I feel like Tai Chi is probably going to take the, the loss, is, is what I'm hoping. Um, especially since El Desperado just came back from injury. But Minoru Suzuki. He's always – you don't know what you're going to get with Minoru, and I think the whole point is to have some type of showdown between Shingo and him since they're kind of the represented tough guy or evil, for that matter. But, um, yeah, should be interesting. Another one of their, their big tag matches that probably don't have a lot of impact overall. Uh, but, Chris, what do
1: you think about this match? So I actually think that Zack Sabre Jr. is going to get a strong win here. Um, just because I feel like they're going to be pushing him into the super juniors really hard this year, probably G1 as well. Um, and I also think Nato is going to win later in the night, which we'll get to. But um, I think it's going to be a great match. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, well, once Zach again, Saber also,
0: it would make – now that you say that, it would make sense if he gets a win over Sonata since they're going against each other for the pro title on night two.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of what – I think that they'd probably give him a strong win and then do that. And then I, once again, NATO is going to win. So it doesn't really hurt their group as much. I, I feel like NATO is going to end up winning his match to set up night two. Um, I could be completely wrong, but I, I feel like that's, if I channel my inner ghetto, I, I feel like that's where I would go with it. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a great match, actually. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, for sure. Zach Sabre Jr. is an absolute monster. I think we don't talk about how good he is enough on this show. We should just have a segment where we talk about how good Zack Sabre Jr. is.
0: Incredible. Incredible. All right, so we got Chaos. Um, no, 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 wait, is that the next match? Yeah, so we have Chaos, uh, Yoshihashi, uh, Toru Yano, uh, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto going against Bullet Club with Chase Owens, uh, Takahashi, Bad Luck Fale, and Kenta. Uh, Kenta and Goto, that's gonna. This is a match that's gonna set up them more, with one of them beating the other because they have a, a an actual title match for the Never Open weight the next evening. So I feel like Kenta. I, I don't know. New Japan's not like WWE. Like usually, if one of them beats the other, that means the other one's gonna lose to the other sort of fucking thing. But I feel like Kent is probably going to get the, the – uh, probably some, some cheap way we'll get a, a, a pin over Goto to set off set up, um, you know, uh, potentially throwing off the, the scent uh, for the next night. But who knows? Uh, what do you think is going
1: to happen with this match, Chris? I kind of agree with you on that. Uh, I, you know, I feel like they thought Shibata would be able to get cleared is the other thing, and he's not going to be able yep. to, so – that that is like a dark cloud hanging over this match. The Shibata, because everybody wants Shibata versus Kenta, right? That's the that would be the yeah. real money match. But he's not cleared, so feel like maybe he screws him the first night, and Kenta gets Kenta loses, you know. Afterwards, I I feel like that's where they're headed with it. All right, so we have IWGP
0: Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Uh, the champions, Tamatanga and Tangalo, Gorillas of Destiny, are going against Finn Juice, Juice Robinson and David Finley. Finn Juice is going to lose, uh, and the Gorillas of Destiny is going to win. That's what I think, because Juice has, I believe, another match uh, the, the following evening, a much more high profile. Um, I know David Finley just got back from injury, but I just don't see them be- beating Gorillas. And I heard a thing. I could This could be completely wrong, but I've heard that Gorilla Destinies have never, like, either won or retain their championship at Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, you would know probably more about that. But if that's fucking true, that's that's crazy to me. But then I could, you know, with the Young Bucks, with LIJ, I could see that actually being the scenario,
1: and I don't think they won last year. Uh, I think you're 100% right on that. I, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but with Young Bucks and, like you said, LIJ, they were always considered a little more over, and even before them, you, you had – I don't know. It's weird. Uh, guerrilla destiny, I, I assume, are going to retain here just because, like you said, with Juice Robinson, I think they're going to do other things with him, and I don't want – they don't necessarily want him married to a tag team, especially with what they're doing in America now. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that's a, a safe bet. That is if Tamatonga doesn't get arrested for killing Enzo Amoria in New Jersey or some shit. <laughs> well, he'd have to do a lot of traveling, but let's not hope that for uh, Enzo's sake. Uh, <laughs> the next like, match, he's got two. He's got two months to find Enzo for oh. Wrestle Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a good point. That is a good point. All right, so we have a Texas Death Match for the IWGP United States Championship. Uh, Lance Archer, the champion, is going against John Moxley. John Moxley was stripped because of what was going on with the uh, the tsunami last time. He couldn't make it over there that's what they do over there so they had Lance Archer um beat Juice Robinson become the new champ. John Moxley attacked both him and Minoru Suzuki uh to put himself in this match. I feel like I feel like John, Mo- or John Moxley has to lose because he doesn't have much more time with New Japan. If he does win, that will make me think that maybe Minoru Suzuki comes out, starts beating the shit out of him and calls him out for a championship match. If you're a real tough man, the next night to take that championship off of him, that's what I would kind of, uh, ass, you know, kind of assume and 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 fantasy book in my head. But if not, I, I feel like Lance Archer has to get a win against John Moxley. Either way, these guys are going to kick the living shit out of each other. This is not going to be pretty. This is not going to be an aerialistic, you know, amazing match. It's going to be <laughs> two guys just knocking the dog shit out of each other and probably very ugly. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this match for the U S championship?
1: Do you see Moxley winning or is Lance Archer retained? So I think we talked about this a little bit last week. I feel like the AEW guys that are going to be there are going to be doing jobs. So I feel like Moxley's probably going to lose. And then I think Jericho is probably going to lose. And I think it's to build respect, to try to have a working relationship with new Japan more than anything else. Um, and Lance Archer has done a really good job of establishing himself as, like, a top American guy from Texas, and I, I could see him winning. I like your idea of Minoru Suzuki coming out, just beating the shit out of Moxley. But then again, he could just do that after the match if he really wanted to. You know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. Moxley is the crazy guy. So even if he loses and Minoru kills him afterwards, that could still set up a match. I could see that happening. Speaking of which, uh, Minoru Suzuki is wrestling Tom Mueller this weekend. Uh, in a I heard about that. Per- <laughs> which should be pretty entertaining in itself.
0: Yeah, that that should be really fucking cool. Uh, I might have to go and try to find that <laughs> so I can watch it. Uh, <laughs> IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. Will Ospreay, the champion, is going against Hiromo Takahashi. This should be an awesome match. But if I were to be honest with you, I am very... Nervous about putting Takahashi back in his first match In this large profile match against Will Ospreay I, it's not, I think Will has gotten way better with, with safety And I think a lot of the safety that we kind of talked about with Will Ospreay Was stuff that he was inflicting on himself in these matches And willing to do a lot more so Takahashi's coming back from injury um, So I don't expect this match to be that fucking crazy I think they're going to calm it down maybe a bit I don't expect to see Takahashi doing the fucking sunset flip power bombs to the outside like he used to do, or especially take that maneuver like he used to do as well. Uh, but this could be a great match. I hope they sequence it and just have a really good, you know, light heavyweight style match between the two of them. It's very aerial and very, uh, you know, uh, awesome. But I feel, and I've said this a bunch of times, Will Ospreay needs to move on to the heavyweight division within New Japan. I want to see him in high-profile matches with Kota Ibushi, with Naito, with um, Kazuchika Okada, and I think that Takahashi coming back and getting that championship belt uh, would be awesome for him. But at the same time, can he realistically take the damage of being the champion in that division, going against people potentially like Dragon Lee and like a lot of the other guys that are fucking just crazy within this division? I don't think this is going to be the same Takahashi as what I'm trying to say that we're used to. What do you think about this match, Chris?
1: I think Takahashi is going to go full send, regardless of his body. It's Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like he's just going to be old Takahashi and fucking do things that will make us scared for his life um, and hopefully come out okay. I think he's going to win here. Um, I And I also think this will be the second, if not the best match of the night. It's hard for me to say best match of the night because Okada's on the card later
0: on. He's going to get the Bushies. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's just it's going to be a damn good match. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like they've protected Takahashi. He's been healing. And he's going to go out there and maybe Zach's – like, not Zach. Uh, maybe Will Ospreay will be like, uh, I don't know if we should do this. He's going to be like, let's fucking do it. <laughs> like, that's how I feel about Takahashi. He's crazy. Um, and I feel like they're going to have a great match. And hopefully they protect one another. They do all their crazy shit. Uh, and it's, I, I, it's going to be an awesome match. I'm looking forward to that one for sure, but for the I, I, he's not he doesn't seem like the kind of wrestler that's going to go overboard with like oh my bump card he's I, he's like Tony Hawk at age 70. I was like I'm going to go hit a 900 real quick, no big deal. Full send. Oh, that's a very
0: good point, man. I mean, uh, it just it, like you said, it scares me. If anything, all right. So we have the Intercontinental Title match. So this is a big thing. The IC match, the heavyweight match; those two winners will be going against each other. Winner takes all the next night. Uh, the first one we have the IC match with Jay White, the champion, going against Tetsuya Naito. I think if Jay White wins, people will fucking just be furious, uh, and I don't think it'll be a good heel heat for him because he has—he's kind of like one of those guys that kind of. Um, You know, we've talked about this. Overstay in your welcome heat, uh, as opposed to what MJF and The Miz and a lot of guys, uh, Adam Cole, get. uh, You know, so I I don't know why the fuck they wouldn't put Naito. uh, He has to win. He has to win this, Chris, right? Am I crazy?
1: I'm sorry, what was the question, Dane? Sorry about that. My phone cut out.
0: No, you're fine. I was just saying that There's no way in hell they're going to fucking have Jay White go over against Tetsuya Naito. He has to win this.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I feel like he he wins this regardless because the setup match is either going to be him versus Ibushi or him versus Okada, which is a big draw for the second show. So I feel like, yeah, he wins this. I I think the big question here is this could be either, like, a really, really, really great match or a really bad match, depending on (laughs) how they play it. Uh, I will say uh, Naito has been able to heal his body a bit, and I feel like he's going to turn it up to, like, 1,000 during this weekend. And Hopefully he doesn't kill himself. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, Naito ends up pulling the W here. I like JY. I, I know a lot of other people don't. Maybe it's, like, the, uh, the Baron Corbin look that gets him eat. He's, Baron Corbin getting him go away heat. Not even Baron Corbin. I think maybe that's more than anything else as far as American fans. Do you get. think
0: do you think um it might also have to do with the fact that they pushed him so fucking to the moon immediately?
1: Like a little bit of resentment. Well, he
0: beat well, they were Kenny, kind
1: of fucked, right? Because yeah. because Kenny was leaving, they had to get the belt off of Tanahashi. Yeah, it's just a is a weird – it's unfortunate for him. He got put in a shitty situation. New Japan at least paid everyone off by having Okada beat him, right? So, Yeah, that's a very good point. I, well, I think they needed, Okada, a transi- they needed a transitional champion, and he just happened to be the guy that was in that point. I do think that it sucks they kind of have distanced him from Gato a bit because I thought that was like a – a fun little relationship between those two. That's a very good that point. you could have done more with.
0: Yeah. Well, and then we have obviously going with this, the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship, Kazuchika Okada versus Koda Bushi. Now, I think that a lot of people would assume Okada's probably going to win against Ibushi. Unless, you know, they see Koda as a future star that they've been trying to kind of go to, you know, instead of having to keep on putting it back on Okada. It's very interesting, and I don't know. It's just like they have Wrestle Kingdom for two nights. You would think that there's no way in hell they're not going to have Okada on the second night as well. Um, And there's part of me that believes Okada's going to beat both of these guys. He's going to beat Ibushi, and then he's going to beat Naito. Um, I don't know. I I really have no idea. I'm going to pick Okada, but I'm very one way or the other with this because I just don't know what they see in Ibushi. Uh, It's You're doing, you know, these guys are going to have a fucking fantastic match. And like you said, Chris, it's either going to be this or Osprey versus uh, Takahashi. Because with Okada and Ibushi, it's kind of like a flare steamboat type of concept. I mean, these guys should have, and they always do, have great chemistry together. So who do you think is going to win? Do you think Okada's going to win to go the second night?
1: I think Ibushi's going to win. They're going to do Naito versus Ibushi. And then you're going to have, because I think they're doing a loser bracket. So the following night, you're still going to get Okada, but it'll be Okada versus Jay White. And then I think Naito walks out with the title. Both titles. Alright, well
0: let's get to January 5th, uh, night two. Uh, the second retirement match, we have Juice and Thunder Liker and uh, uh, Nokai no Sano going against Haramu uh, Takahashi and the guy that put him out, uh, Dragon Lee, aka Ryu Lee. Um... I guess Liger has to win his last match or does he put the the other guy over either Takahashi or, or Ryu Lee that's the that's the question. My wallet. I would yeah. assume I would assume that you know he uh Jushin Liger loses his last match and puts maybe Takahashi <laughs> over. Chris, what do you think about this match?
1: Uh, I I think you're 100% right Takahashi gets a win over Jushin Thunder Liger and the, and I think it's just that old school wrestling mindset. You go out on a loss, right? Like the yeah. in, in uh the Terry Funk was it beyond was it beyond the mat where he's talking about this is my last match ever, which it wasn't. It was Terry Funk, and there's never a such no. thing as a last match ever with Terry Funk. But he puts Bret, Bret Hart over. <laughs> I, I feel like it's like that, you know. And it's not like Liger yeah. has anything to prove. So no. All right, so then we
0: have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. We have El Phantasmo, who has really grown on me this year, and uh, Taji Ishimori going against Roppongi 3K, showing you this should be this this could be potentially the best tag team out of the two nights uh, just all over the place. I'm going to go with uh, Bullet Club, Ishimori, and Phantasmo uh, retaining their belts. But like I said, this
1: should be an awesome fucking tag match. What do you think, Chris? I agree with you. I think that that will be – that could easily be one of the best matches of the night, Uh, but I I agree. Bullet Club, I think, goes over there for sure. And then uh, the uh, Rev Pro uh,
0: British Heavyweight Championship, Zack Sabre Jr. against Sonata. I think that Sonata is going to beat Zach. I think he's going to upset him. They're going to continue this feud. Zach's going to be pissed that he lost the title, and he's going to out – uh even out um what should we call it wrestle him possibly within this. If there's one guy to do it, I think Sonata is that guy. Uh what do you think?
1: Sonata is weird, right? Like so he kinda wrestles up to his competition. When you think Sonata like Sonata can just have some very average matches, but when he's in the ring with someone like Zack Saber or Okada or um, Tanahashi he really steps his game up. So I think this match is going to be fucking awesome. I'll say that right off the bat. Um, I feel like he could get a win here. I I don't, I'm, I don't have a hard choice for it because I don't know what they're going to do with Zack Sabre, honestly. I You could either really push him hard in G1 or push him hard in, in uh, Super Juniors. So... God, I'm flip-flopping on this. I think it'll be a great match. I don't have the answer for the winner. I'm going to go with your pick of Sonata. Maybe Sonata picks it up here.
0: All right. We have the U.S. And this kind of goes against my Minoru Suzuki idea. So maybe Suzuki just beats the crap out of him afterwards. They set something else up. uh, But whoever wins, which I'm going to go with John Moxley, is going to be going against Juice Robinson for the United States Championship. Uh, and then it would kind of be fitting that Juice would take that off Moxley because of what happened beforehand. Who knows? Maybe it's Lance Archer. But either way, I feel like Juice is going to get the U.S. title back, period, no matter who it is, uh, by hook or by crook, just being that ultimate babyface. What do you think, Chris?
1: Hmm. He lost the Juice, though, already. Man, I guess that kind of changes my opinion of night one. I forgot that this was a match. I'm going to change my opinion. Say Moxley beats Lance and then loses to Juice. That makes a lot of sense, actually. You have two AEW guys lose on the same night, um, and that builds a relationship. I I still feel like that is a thing, by the way, Uh, both of those guys taking losses to help build that relationship back.
0: Yeah, I, I I hope so. I definitely hope so. I could see it definitely going that way. Never open weight white championship. Kenta and Hiroki Goto, uh, I don't think it's going to be the best stylized match, but it's going to be one of the most hard-hitting out of all of them. And I think that Kenta, especially with, you know, I mean, Keel Beans, is going to beat Hiroki Goto. I just don't think that Put the never-open-weight title back on Goto. Great. What the fuck does that do for the title? It kind of seems like they always end up doing that. At least Kenta's bringing some value into it. He should beat Goto after this feud and kind of have the feud be over to me. What do you think, Chris?
1: I feel like you have to put it on Goto just because of the relationship with Shibata. or fans are going to lose their shit. I think – if if Shibata wasn't involved, I agree with you 100%. There's no reason to put it back on Goto, but because Shibata was involved that. with this whole angle, I feel like that he needs to pick up the win here, just because that, send the fans home happy, as Vince would say, uh, which he doesn't do. do love it. Ever. Good shit. <laughs> Unless you're in their hometown, then fuck them. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Goto. He, she he should pick up the win here just because of the Shibata stuff. I'm I'm assuming they'll they'll probably give Kintas in that um, that tag match the night before. He'll probably win there, and then Goto will probably win the second night with Shibata foiling the heels. Uh, you, it really You're sucks breaking up Shibata. a little bit, buddy. Just to let you know. Oh, sorry. Hey, is that better? A little bit. Okay, um, yeah, it really sucks that Shibata is injured because this is, we, we all want Kenta versus Shibata, but we're not going to get that, so we're going to go to, so I, I feel like he's going to pull off the win. Sorry about breaking up, guys.
0: Still a little bit breaking up, just to be honest with you, but I'll set up this next match. Uh, basically, me and you will probably have different answers, but this is like we were saying, the loser of the Intercontinental match will go against the loser of the Heavyweight Championship match to be in third place. I guess, but to me, it's going to be Jay White going against Kota Ibushi, Kota Ibushi going over Jay White, Um, you know, give him some type of win. But with you, it's different because you think that Okada is going to lose to Kota Ibushi. So will Okada beat Jay White again, uh, mimicking what he did last year? I think it was last year. Didn't he beat him last year at Wrestle Kingdom?
1: Could be wrong. Yeah. Can, Can you hear me okay? I moved position.
0: <laughs> now you're completely in and out.
1: Okay. Hey, can you hear me? Hey. Um,
0: do me a favor, I guess, and try to call back in and see if that works. All right. I don't know. I'm losing you. Uh, either way, I'll kind of like end my predictions while Chris is calling back. Uh, Tanahashi is definitely going to beat Chris Jericho. It'll be a fucking awesome match and a dream match and uh, Okada will lose to Tetsuya Naito, and Naito will win being the double champion. Uh, and, um, yeah, that should be uh, pretty awesome, uh, either way that you look at it. That uh, is Wrestle Kingdom. And as soon as I get Chris back, and I think hey. I believe, hey, you're on. I was uh, wondering right. who you think's going to win between Tanahashi and Chris Jericho. I can hear you pretty well.
1: Okay, Tanahashi versus Chris Jericho. I think Tanahashi is going to get a win. It's Wrestle Kingdom. Doing it again. The reason not to have Tanahashi win. So Uh, You're just
0: going so in and out, I can barely hear you. I don't know what's going on. I think what we're going to have to do um, is just call it a a show. Uh, We don't have a lot of time, but anyways, talk about the Wednesday Night Wars. So, uh, yeah, I guess let's wrap it up, but I'm pretty sure – I don't know what you were going to say. I'm pretty sure you think Tanahashi is going to beat Jericho because we talked about this. And you think that Naito is going to go over. You've already established that. But that's Wrestle Kingdom, guys. Um, For NXT and AEW, they tied in the ratings. Pretty fucking uh, crazy. Um, Obviously, AEW is still winning with a demographic of 18 to 45, I believe. uh, But it was just slightly – uh, both of them lost viewers just to slight amount, which is overall, I think, pretty good for both companies. Uh, I, I kind of hope they get sucked and tight every week. Uh, they both set up a lot of great matches next week that I'm looking forward to. But either way, we'll go more into detail next week. We'll have both shows. Um, part of this was my fault because I was uh, exhausted this last week, and we didn't end up doing a Thursday show. But on behalf of me and Chris, thank you guys so much out there for listening to Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, and obviously, like I said, join us Thursdays 7 p.m. and Saturdays at noon. Sometimes we do one show, sometimes we do both shows. It depends on how much info we have to go over. Uh, you can go to GeekFivesNation.com for all news uh, for geek-related things like comic books, comic book movies, movies, wrestling, sports, whatever we go over it. Uh, and also go to any of our links to our Facebook our Instagram, and our Twitter. Join and join the conversation. Be a part of Geekvise Nation. Thank you guys so much. You can also find us, like I said, on Spotify, iTunes. can't catch it live on Blog Talk, every other platform uh, you can catch us on. And have a wonderful weekend. Thank you guys. Let the Vice be with you, and peace out.